Chapter 5 is where we are on Sunday mornings. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word. I thank you for the spirit who lives within us the moment we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your son is our savior, the moment we Turn from our sins in our hearts, asking forgiveness and believing in Christ and all he's done as the one who has paid for our redemption fully. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you that it does satisfy. And we know what life is all about when we know you, when we're saved and walking with you, God. And We thank you and we praise you for that. We do thank you for the word that's gone forth already in this place, in the children's Sunday school hour, the adult Sunday school hour, and my heart's been blessed, and I know you've spoken to me, and and I thank you for that, God. I thank you that your word and your spirit uh, through your servants edifies your church. Father, what a blessing. I thank you for those working in the nursery, filled with thy spirit, fill my dear wife with your spirit relaying the message and sign this morning and God uh, we're looking to you uh, to make us more like Jesus uh, to glorify your name while we await your return Um, God I thank you for each one here with us today in the building those here with us online Uh, and Father we, we thank you and we praise you for that and I do pray that you would help uh, this church, each one of us individually, to be a light and that this place might continue to be a lighthouse, dear God, in this place where you've put us. And Father, uh, we look to you now, again, just to work in our hearts and glorify your name uh, through the word this morning, by your spirit, for the glory of Jesus. Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. It is good to be in God's house this morning. Going through these Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus is preaching here. We saw, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, We uh, have nothing to pay for our salvation. Uh, We have no strength to walk the Christian life apart by ourselves. We have no wisdom to direct our way. We're utterly poor. We are poor, destitute beggars when it comes to spiritual things. Uh, We are dependent upon all and get all from Christ and from that throne of grace. Salvation comes from him. Power, wisdom, grace to live the Christian life all comes from him. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit. We saw, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, We learned that true mourning, God is trying to bring us to, is the mourning mourning over our own sin, uh, first and foremost, and of the sorrows of of this sinful and sin-cursed earth. When we mourn over those things, then we truly are comforted, what? as we look for the return of Christ, amen, because it, then, then all those things will be corrected, and we, that will be the ultimate comfort. Blessed are they that mourn, uh, for they uh, shall be comforted. Uh, we saw verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek, having the idea of gentleness, as Brother Kiss was sharing, having the idea of being submissive for, for believers, being absolutely submissive to the will of God. By the way, if we have no wisdom or strength or power of our own, where do we go? <laughs> we go to the will of God. We go to God for all. We submit to his will. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then this morning, 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Having come to the realization of our absolute emptiness and need of God, now God says, now here's how I'm going to fill you. <laughs> we, have a, we have a longing to be filled. We have a longing to move out from that for the great, by the grace and for the glory of God. Amen. And that's what God has for us here in this beatitude. Uh, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Shall be filled. And we'll know a full life uh, when we are seeking God in that manner. And wanting to grow in, in the likeness of him. Uh, righteousness. Righteousness. <clears throat> uh, the first time we find that word in the Bible, in our English Bible, is in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. There Abraham is old and his wife Sarah is very old. And God has just told him something uh, humanly impossible. He's told him again. He's going to make his seed as the stars of heaven, as the dust of the earth. <laughs> and Abraham being uh, even older than the first time God told him that, the Bible says that Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Because Abraham believed what God had said about the seed to come through Abraham. That would be the Messiah. Him blessing him, giving him seed, which was impossible, by the way, naturally. But Abraham believed. And God said, I count you righteous. Just because he believed. By the way, that's a good thing. Because you learn in the New Testament that wasn't just for Abraham. We learn in Romans chapter 4 and verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. That is, he was declared righteous just because he believed. But, also, but for us also, whom it shall be imputed, if we believe, on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification therefore Romans 5 1 being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ God will declare anyone righteous just as he did Abraham if we will believe what God did for us through Jesus Christ, his son. If we'll turn at that moment, we learn the scripture, the truth of our sin, and realize that we've sinned against God. The wages of sin is death. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's what we are. We're sinners headed for death. Uh, not only the first death physical, but the second death spiritual. But the Bible says what? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ, shall be saved. <laughs> Believing that God sent his son to die in our place and rose again. What a blessedness. What a blessedness. You see, he took my sin and he gives me his righteousness. I get into heaven not because of my righteousness. Because of his righteousness. Amen. Anyone gets into heaven, uh, rides in, goes in on the coattails of Jesus Christ, okay? And uh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. First time we find righteousness in the Bible. By the way, it's also the first time we find that Hebrew word where we get righteousness translated from in the Bible there, in, in that form. Now the second time that we find righteousness in the English... We find it in Genesis 33. Talks about, or Genesis yeah, 30 and chapter 30, verse 33, where, where uh, Jacob says uh, uh, he's raising some uh, sheep and cattle and, and he's going to keep, you know, the, 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 the spotted ones and the speckled ones. And, uh, and Jacob says, and when I keep the spotted ones and speckled ones, speckled ones 
When it comes time to show that I haven't stolen anything from you, it'll be my righteousness. So it was the things that he did. It was living righteously. We're going to talk about that. Brother Chris was speaking about that this morning. The lessons dovetail once again. It was a blessing uh, that we are called to live for God. Uh, to uh, bear uh, the weight of our trials by the power and glory of God so that others can see God in us. Uh, the first time that Hebrew word in that form appears is Genesis 15, 6. That, that righteousness, there that's an imputed righteousness. The second time that Hebrew word <laughs> appears in that form is in Genesis 18 and Genesis 18, 17 and following. Here, God is going to speak to Abraham again. And he says this, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? God is, uh, the Lord has come down with a couple angels actually going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. So God stops by Abraham's tent so should I share, because Abraham, by the way, has a nephew that lives there. God says, should I uh, share with Abraham? Uh, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice. Same, word, same Hebrew word translated righteousness in Genesis 15.6. He shall do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And there we have the righteousness which speaks of the Christian life. The one that gets saved is, that gets the Christian saved is the imputed righteousness. That's Jesus Christ's righteousness. We only get into heaven by his righteousness. The other one we might call is the imparted righteousness. Brother Chris was speaking about, about that some this morning. How that now that we are saved, what? We can live a godly life for his glory. By his strength and by his power. Abraham was able to live a godly life by the spirit of God. He was able to do those to, 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 have, to do righteous things in his life. Why? Because just like you and I, because God helped him by faith. Amen. And so the second time we find it, it has that idea of that practical righteousness. And we're going to look at that today. Uh, I think when, when the, the Lord here, remember, he's talking to his disciples. Uh, by faith they have uh, received this imparted righteousness. That's our standing. But now we live for God. You see, there's saving grace. Then there's serving grace. Amen. Uh, and God gives us grace to live for Him. And to walk with Him in this world. And to, show, to allow Him to show the world that we are His. <laughs> and that we live differently. Uh, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. He's talking to believers here. We already have the salvation. We already have the imputed righteousness. What is it that we are to be hungering and thirsting for? The practical righteousness. It's that we would learn what? To apply the truths of this blessed word in our lives. And walk according to these paths. And in that manner. Righteousness. That kind of righteousness. I find it interesting that, that those first two Hebrew words covered both those bases. It's kind of a blessing. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, 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 blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. First of all we see, number one, that righteous paths are secured in discernment. If we're going to be righteous, that, that's a call to walk in the righteous paths of God, in the will of God. We'll look at righteousness as compared to past this morning a bit. Uh, righteous paths are secured uh, in, in discernment. And again, because of the text here, this, this, just the one verse, and then it goes on to uh, different subjects. We're going to go throughout the Bible and look at uh, what the Lord's talking about here. Uh, 
Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Uh, well, think about this. You can't hunger and thirst after righteousness without having some sense of what it is. We may yet be aware, we may not yet be aware of all the sin that God wants to remove from our lives. We may not yet be aware, aware of all the righteousness that God wants to work through our lives. But we know that true righteousness, and I will uh, associate that with holiness and godliness this morning, we know that true righteousness is pleasing to God. And it is beneficial, what? Both in this life and the life that is to come. Don't we know that? We know that from the Word of God. 1 Timothy 4.8 Bodily exercise profit little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. See, where are we going to for our discernment, discerning the paths of righteousness? We're going to the Word of God. We're going to God's wisdom. Because God has illuminated them for us. Amen. He wants us to walk in righteousness. And he says, and I'm going to show you what that is. <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God for that. We know that we were saved from a life pretty much that was subject to vanity. We were lost in our sin. Unable to save ourselves. Now we've been saved uh, to live a life for the glory of Jesus Christ. If you've trusted him as your savior. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Bible tells us, For he, God, uh, hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's that trade, my sin for his righteousness. And then we are to walk righteously by his power, according to his will, as a witness for him and what he's done for us. See, the fact is, God is preparing an eternity clothed in righteousness in which we will live forever, is he not? What's the scriptures say? Peter writes in 2 Peter 3.13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, here it is, wherein dwelleth what? Righteousness. 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 It's a very descriptive word of heaven. And so we certainly ought to be wanting to uh, get ready for that place. Amen. <laughs> and we can. We can walk in righteousness now. By the grace of God. And by the will of God. By the word of God. Now being generated by his Holy Spirit. You see, we, we lived a vain life before. We walked in our sin. We had no hope, the Bible says, of being without Christ. We had no hope in the world. But then we heard the gospel and trusted Christ as our Savior. Amen. And by the way, He is our hope, the Bible says. Paul writes about that. Now things are changed. Now things are changed. Romans 6.19 <clears throat> In Romans 6, 19, Paul writes to us, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Your flesh is weak. You don't have any strength to live for God. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, now that you're saved, yield your members, servants to what? righteousness unto holiness <laughs> wow you see the fact is now because you're saved by the way if you're not saved yet get saved amen <laughs> if you're watching this you don't know for sure you're going to heaven you need to trust Jesus Christ as your savior and him alone and get saved amen and once you get saved God says okay you walk this way and now I am calling you to an about face now that you're born again now that God has forgiven our sins for Jesus Christ's sake, 
He's put his Holy Spirit in us, purchased by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, sent down from the Father by Jesus Christ to live in our hearts the moment that we're saved. Because I've done this for you, now I, here's what I want you to do. It's time to do an about face in your life. As you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now yield yourselves what? Servants, uh, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Remember how you chose to sin? Remember that you pursued sin because you wanted to? Remember that, that you gave your talents and your time and your treasure to pursue whatever you wanted to do before you were saved. Do you remember that? Paul tells us in the scriptures. Paul says, now turn around. I want you to give 110% to following God. I want you to live for God now. You see... Uh, he died for us. That he died for all that they that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We are to live for Jesus Christ. Because he purchased us. Righteousness is right things. It's only the right thing to do. If he died in my place, then I should live for him. If he died so that I could live, he died so I wouldn't have to die an eternal death. I ought to live my life for him. Amen. And by the way, he calls us too. He says, it's time for an about face. I want you to live in righteousness. I want you to, to walk in righteousness. I want you to be that light. I want you to show the world that you're different. And we do that uh, by, uh, by, the, by, the, by the very grace of God. He puts that desire in our heart uh, by, his, by his spirit. Uh, we, we begin to seek God's instructions. We want to be pleasing to God. Why? Because he's done so much for us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. <laughs> I want you to walk in righteousness now and the rest of your life for the glory of Christ. And I am going to give you all you need to do that. But I'm calling you to do that. I'm calling you to do that. <clears throat> righteousness. And we realize we need God's help to do that. You ever see something wrong in your life? And I'm sure we all have. And you start out trying to change it. And you find out you can't. And you fall flat in your face a thousand times. That's okay. God wants you to, give, to try all you can. We're supposed to worship the Lord God what? With all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength. See, till we have, till we've given it all and, and perhaps failed, how do we know that God has delivered us? He wants us to give it all. And by the way, your all, my all won't be enough. And he will deliver, as we're calling upon him, he delivers us and he, and he gives us that victory. Time and time, you and I have struggled for it with some sin. And finally, God gave us the victory and he showed us it was him that did it. Amen. Praise God. And so Galatians 5 and, and verse 5 writes, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now I know that can have reference to uh, the return of the Lord and all that we have we will, will inherit in Him. But I think it has a practical illustration or a practical application for our daily lives. See, when we, when we want to grow in the Lord, and that is first and foremost to glorify Him. And we realize we can't do it. What are we doing? We are praying and praying and praying. And we are looking for that deliverance to that righteousness. Amen? We are, in a sense, waiting. I failed, God. I failed at that again. 
And God breaks your heart and, you're, and you confess that. And you cry out to God, help me again, God. Help me to walk with you. And you're, you're waiting by, by hope for that righteousness to come. Amen. And finally, God gives you that victory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. And you know it was Him. And you know it was Him. And that's the way He leads us through our lives. Walking in this, in this righteousness. Revelation chapter 19 and 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. Uh, we're going to go and be with Jesus uh, one day. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And many would interpret that. That it's actually the works that we do after salvation. Oh, it doesn't save. That's not what saves us. Listen to what listen to what listen to what uh, uh, Revelation fourteen thirteen says. I have heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, this yea saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works. What do follow them? Oh, I'll live for God and. By God's grace, I'll, I'll see righteousness begin to uh, come forth in my life, and He'll help me victory, uh, give me victories here. But when I get to heaven, that's all gone, and that's all that's all over with. It'll just be the only thing that will be matter in heaven. The only thing that will be brought up in heaven is that I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. You are so wrong. <laughs> no, the Bible says our works do follow us, and at the judgment seat of Christ, we receive ward, rewards and are thankful for his grace in helping us to do so or we lose rewards and we are ashamed in our stubbornness for not letting him work through us one of those two things happens at the judgment seat of Christ for every believer maybe a mixture of some, uh, some of those things but he wants to bring us along in Proverbs in Proverbs uh, chapter 8 and verse 12, I wisdom dwell with prudence. Verse 20 says, I wisdom personified, I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment, discernment, wisdom, knowing how to separate right from wrong. Getting that from the word of God. Righteousness walks in the middle of those paths. When righteousness finds the will of God in the word of God, then by the spirit, what do we do? We don't go on the outskirts of it. You know, a lot of Christians, you know, they get saved and they want to see how, see how close they can live to hell. <laughs> how much can I, live, can, can I live like I lived before and still be considered a Christian by the world? You know, that's not what God's called us to, amen. God wants us to be like his son like his son and we ought to want to uh, to be like his son amen and more and more like him every day in the midst of the paths of judgment right down the center of God's will is where he wants you and I to walk day by day as we trust in him discerning these paths we need to discern the righteous paths there are a lot of wrong paths in the world to follow aren't there I uh, do a little hunting. I haven't hunted for the past couple of years, but uh, I've, I've seen more deer in town uh, here than I've seen out in the woods since I, since I started hunting here. But uh, when you're a hunter, you learn about paths and trails. And uh, a deer trail can be pretty obvious. It's going to have deer prints in them, <laughs> along with some other things that deer, deer leave, okay? But uh, it's going to leave these trails, all right? Now, during hunting season, uh, the bucks will do something a little different. They will work their way up the hill a little bit, a little higher elevation over the well-worn trail. Why? Because what happens with the well-worn trail? If they walk on it, what happens? They, they may not return, okay? 
And they know that. And so what they'll do is they'll go up the ridge a little ways where they can still see the trail and watch the does going down the trail. And they'll walk uh, 20 yards or so up, up the hill. And if, you'll, and if you'll, you find the trail, uh, if you, a lot of times if you'll go up just 10 or 20 yards up the hill, you'll find another trail not quite so worn. That's probably where the bucks are traveling. Why? Because they've learned, they, 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 don't, they have instinct, they do that by instinct, uh, but they know there's danger in that trail down there. <laughs> I'm not going on there. See, there's trails that are safe and secure, there are those that are dangerous, and through the word of God in life, we discern the two, don't we? And we choose the way down the middle <laughs> of God's word and God's will, where we're safe uh, and secure. Proverbs 4, 7 Wisdom is the principal thing. We need God's wisdom to navigate life. We have to discern, separate right from wrong so we can walk in righteousness and be right with God. Wisdom is the principal thing. Uh, for eight, exalt her. Since, since it is a principal thing, lift it up. Realize it's what we need in our life is God's wisdom. Uh, she shall bring thee to honor. That sounds like a pretty good end of life, doesn't it? <laughs> to have an honorable life. You see, every path has what? A beginning and, a and an end, right? And a destination. We began as, as sinners, but we got saved, praise God. And at the end, God wants to bring us what? To honor. And he will do that if we'll walk in righteousness, in righteous paths of wisdom. She, wisdom, shall bring thee to honor. When thou dost embrace her, grab a hold of it, hunger and thirst after it. He said, goes on to say, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom and have led thee in right paths. There's those paths. The way is the trail, the path, also the road of wisdom. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. You won't come into a trap where it's too narrow that you can't move around now. No. Thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, when the, when the trials come, as like Brother Christmas talked on this morning, when the trials come and it gets difficult, when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. You won't get that, you know, uh, that bad attitude, get that bitterness with God. But receive that trial in the strength of Christ and be that light to others that's what wisdom will do that proverb goes on to say in Proverbs 4.14 enter not into the path of the wicked there's two paths that's what we're always doing we're separating the light from the dark we're separating the good from the bad uh, you, uh, the, the good and by the way the better from the good we want the best amen and that's the trail and the path that God wants us to walk in righteousness righteous paths are secured in discernment the will of God by the word of God what do we see what else do we see about these righteous paths righteous paths are seen in discipline righteous paths are seen in discipline 1 John 2.29 and this goes along with what brother, brother Chris was teaching this morning if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Um, Philippians 3.17 Brethren, be followers together of me, here it is, and mark them which walk so, as you have us, for an ensample. We saw this proverb just a little bit ago. Wisdom leads in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. What are we saying in all these things? You see, when you, see, when you have a path, you know what happens? The more you walk on that path, the more it becomes visible. To others 
Amen? The more we walk on that path, the more it becomes visible to others. Brother Chris was teaching this morning that the Thessalonians became a what? A visible example of the word of God to others because they walked in the paths of righteousness during their trials and therefore they shined as a light to those around them. That's what God has for us all as believers. He mentioned also that, they, that, that, that we become an example. It can be what? It can be positive or negative. <laughs> See, if, we've, if we're always stumbling and failing in our trials and not getting the victory, then what's the world say? Well, that's what, that's what that living for Jesus is, I guess, you know. And they blaspheme the name of God. God has victory for us. You know, we sing the song, From victory unto victory, His army shall He lead. But we forget, if, victory, if, if we go victory unto victory, that means we also go from trial unto trial. Amen? There has to be battle unto battle. If it's going to be victory unto victory. And God has the victory for us if we'll come to Him. Mark them. You see, uh, 1 John 2.29, If you know that He is righteous, ye know. He's telling us that we can know others who are saved. Ye know that he, everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Stay with me for a moment. Philippians 3.17 again. Brethren, be followers together of me. And mark them. What's he saying? You look at others in the church who are walking with God and you mark them. Why? Because you can see it. Because they, by discipline, as Brother Chris said this morning, are, are, are what? Have become an example of righteousness and righteous paths. And now you have not only the Word of God, which tells you to go that way, also, which, by the way, is where likely they got it, but you have, in addition to that, their example to follow. And we are to follow it, amen. And Paul says, and by the way, follow them. When you see people that are living for God, and you are convinced they're saved, and, and, and they're doing, doing best to live for God, follow them, amen. Follow them. That's part of walking in the paths of righteousness. John 7, 17, If any man do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God, whether I, or, or whether I speak of myself. You see, we, we learn, we become convinced of the Word of God as we do the Word of God. And it spurs us on to see those that are walking for God. Let me make a little caution here. You know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. Two things. Fruits in the Bible are the words from our mouth. As 99% of the time it is talking to about when it mentions discerning false prophets. But fruits are also the works of our lives. How do I know that someone is saved? When the fruits of their mouth agree with the word of God and the walk of their life demonstrates the will of God see because here's the plain truth you can't walk in righteousness apart from the power of Jesus Christ <laughs> neither can I and when both of those come together I can say I want to follow that person you see there are some false prophets who appear to walk but that's why that's why they're called wolf, wolves in sheep's clothing because their works appear righteous you know the Mormon church a lot of those people they live lives that don't involve alcohol or cigarettes and all those things and, and they have all of these things they do and they're very family oriented but they have a wrong doctrine so we know that they're not ones to follow because of the fruits of their lips the doctrines they speak say so we have to have the fruits of the mouth, the lips, the word of God, and the life, a consistent life. That's a person to follow. 
Notice it didn't say, now, if someone doesn't walk in the will of God, you know they're not saved. Notice it didn't ever said that. Because as has been shared already today, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just piggybacking on Chris's lesson this morning, okay? So as was shared already today, Christians can walk in sin, amen? We can look, we can look as lost as, lo as, as any lost person can look. So the Bible never said that here. We're, we're, not, we're not taking, we're not going. If you see they have the right doctrine and they're able to live a godly Christian life in a faithful way, they're saved and follow them, is what Paul's saying. Because that can only happen by Jesus Christ. Righteous paths are seen in discipline time and again. I'm glad that many of you, time and again, you have a path worn to this church. <laughs> In your life. Time and again, you have a path worn to your, your quiet, your, the place where you have your quiet time in the Bible every morning. Time and again, you have a path worn where you go and you pray and the world sees that. Amen. Whenever that's possible, whenever that they come across those paths. And we're a light. And that's what God, we're an example as we discipline ourselves to walk in the word of God by the spirit of God by the power of God we do that not in our own strength we do that why to please him uh, to please him thirdly I'm getting to the end here righteous paths are sought with desire righteous paths are sought with desire blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled that idea of uh uh, in, in, uh, of hungering hungering has the idea of to crave ardently to seek with eager desire oh do we want do we want to walk that much in righteousness in our lives we need to we need to What's the, that, that word thirst there uh, that word thirst and of course these are being used in a figurative in, in, in a figurative matter uh, uh, that word uh, uh, thirst there figuratively, figuratively those who are said to thirst who, who painfully feel their want of in other words our lack of they painfully feel their lack of and eagerly long for those things by which the soul is refreshed supported and strengthened we realized our painfully our lack in the first few Beatitudes did we not and now God says since you're mourning about that where you should be uh, uh, now I want to fill you now if you'll hunger and thirst after righteousness you shall be filled uh, you shall be filled <clears throat> Righteous paths are sought with desire. We need to desire righteousness. How, how can I do that? Well, I put some verses up there. John, 1 John 2, 15-17 Love not the world, neither things that are in the world, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So God says what? Okay, love not. Before I got saved, what was I loving? The world. God says, okay, now, you're loving, but there's a love you've got to stop. Don't love the world. Remember the about face? You've got to change your love now because I've changed you. Time for an about face. Love not the world. Let that go. I got something else for you to love. Amen. I got something else for you to love. <clears throat> love not the world. Colossians 3.2 Set your affection what? On things above and not on things on the earth. The Bible says, For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So God says, okay, you love the world, now here's what I want you to love. Spiritual things. Eternal things. Things that I'm showing you in my word, here's where you need to shift, do the about face with your love. And by the way, we're able to now with the Spirit. We can do that. 
God can change our love. Amen. And we need to uh, nurture that. Brother Chris was talking about that. Strengthen that. How God works those spiritual muscles that he's put in us. To love the right things. To hate the right things. Righteous paths are sought with desire. Say, well, preacher, when, when God changes my, makes me love uh, 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 spiritual things, uh, then, then, then I'll start doing that. That's not how it works. You say, well, did God give any instruction on how, it work, on how to change our love? Yes, he did. As a matter of fact, it's right here in the Sermon on the Mount. If you look towards the end, you'll find in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 6, verse 19 and following, Matthew 6, 19 and following, I don't know if I, put, I don't think I put it up there. It's up there in, in uh, uh, the address of it. Matthew 6 and 19 and following. Here's how we, here's how we, change, we shift our love. Here's how we do the about face. Matthew uh, uh, 19, 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. That's what we were doing before we were saved. How much money can I get in the bank here? Let's see. And I want that new car, you know. And, uh, and uh, my, my retirement. I'm going to retire for, you know, for 20 years. So I don't want to travel the world. We, we were laying it up. You know what I'm saying? God says, okay. Remember he said, love not the world. Stop that. And now he says, lay not up. Stop that. Lay not up. Treasures for yourself upon the earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves uh, break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves what? Treasures in heaven. What are your treasures? Your time. Your talents. And your treasures. <laughs> Put them toward heavenly things. Invest all those things. Before you were saved, you invested all those things in the world. That was your love. God says, you've now called to an about-face love. <laughs> and now you want to take your time, your talents, and treasure, and invest them where? In heaven. In heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Here it is. For where your treasure is, what's it say? There shall your heart be also. Oh, I thought God had to change my heart first and then my treasure would follow. That's not how it works. <laughs> God does it the other way. He says, you start putting your treasures where I tell you to put them. Your time, your, your talents, and your treasures. You start investing them in heavenly things and you'll see I'll change your heart. You'll start loving the idea of wanting to witness to somebody. You'll start loving the idea of giving to a missionary. You'll start loving the idea of giving your tithe to a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching gospel church. You'll start loving those things as you're doing it. Investing in it. Your heart's going to be turned. Where your treasure is, what? There will your heart fall be also. And our heart will turn there. He'll change our love. God will, God will do that. <clears throat> In uh, 1 Timothy 6.11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness. 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness. And that Greek word is the same word that Paul uses in Philippians 3.14. I press. Same word. Toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's how God wants us to pursue righteousness and these righteous paths. We want to please Him. We labor that whether present or absent, 2 Corinthians 5 9, we may be accepted of Him, pleasing unto Him. Desiring. We'll see our desires change as we invest our time and our talents and our treasures in the right places. Well, I don't feel like reading the word, you know. There's, there's uh, been there, okay. But after a while, you find out you can't get enough of it, and you look forward to that. I wouldn't want to go into a day not having read my Bible, and and have, having a sense that God spoke to me somehow in some way. 
We want to pray. We want to read our Bible. We want to go to church. It's a changed heart. See, there's a whole lot of false religions that can do the outer stuff. They go to their church, but they'd rather be fishing. <laughs> you know, they give to this, but they'd rather be buying that boat out there, you know. And they can make the outside look real good and pretty much similar to godliness. But when we're changed on the inside, God's got us all, doesn't he? God gets the whole you and the whole me. And by the way, didn't he give his whole self? Yeah. And he gets the whole you and the whole me when we give these things to him and he changes our heart. That desire. Psalm 1.1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his what? Delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law what? Doth he meditate day and night. He delights in that. Psalm 40, verse 8, David, I delight to do thy will. O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Delighting in the law and delighting in doing the will of God that we see in the word. That's where God is working to bring us inside. And by the way, it takes them a while sometimes, don't it? <laughs> it takes a lot of those pressures, like Mother Chris would say, for us to, to be conformed to that image. You know why Jesus Christ gave his life for us? Because he wanted to. The Father left that up to him. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. This have I received from my Father. My Father let me know it's up to me. He did that because he wanted to. For me, for you. Then finally, righteous paths. Righteous paths are sanctified in devotion. What am I saying? Psalm 23.3 He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. For his name's sake. See, the one who gave all for us, we live to give all glory to him. Amen. We want people to see Christ in you and I. Isaiah 51, 1, hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. That's where I'm praying the Lord's going to bring us this morning, where we want to be pursuers of righteousness. Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock when ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit when ye are digged. A path has what? A beginning and an end. I remember the beginning. I remember the hole in which I was digged. I was lost and without hope. And then Christ saved me when I trusted him as Savior. That was the beginning. And what's the end? To be made into his image and to have be with him in glory for all eternity. What a glorious path. Amen. What a glorious path. And we do that. Why? For his glory, for his glory. Colossians 3.17. We have 1 Corinthians 10.31. What, uh, uh, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And then Colossians 3.17, and we're done. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do what? Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by him. You see, we do it all for the glory of Christ. We want people to know, that yes, there's a God in heaven. But that could have no benefit to us had he not sent his son to earth. And the father has chosen that in him the son should all fullness dwell. And so we are here exalting God. Yes, the father, son, and the Holy Ghost. But we lift up who? Jesus Christ. We glorify his name. Because it is God the Son 
who has died for us on the cross and risen again. And we give glory to his name. By the way, God the Son will save anyone, amen, who trusts in him, who trusts in him. Uh, Paul said uh, uh, that he wanted, according to his earnest expectation and, and his hope of life, uh, how was, what was he looking at at the end of his path? He said that in nothing I shall be ashamed, in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so also Christ shall be magnified in my body. That is, that people would look at me and say, that's like Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ working through him. Christ should be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. And that, my friends, is a wonderful calling that we have the privilege to shine as lights by God's power, being saved by God's imputed righteousness, we can now walk in practical righteousness and be lights and make a path that others can look. And because of our words and our faithful deeds, our bearing up under those tribulations, they can say, that's like Jesus. That's like God. That's holy. That's not of this world. That's different from us. And you know, that's where God wants to bring us. Amen. That's where God wants to bring us. I've seen a wonderful progression in Matthew 5. I'm not going to share it today. I'll share it, I'll share it next week. But now, having seen the first uh, several Beatitudes, God now reveals, okay, I'm going to fill you now. Walk in these paths. Walk in these paths. The work of righteousness is what? Peace. He goes on to say quiet and assurance forever, Isaiah writes. You say, what do you want in your life? You want to know all is well. You want to know that if you're a believer, you're right with God. That's righteousness, amen? Got saved? That's needed. First and foremost, nothing happens without that. And then, walking for him. Close with this thought. Uh, Romans 5.1. Whether Chris was sharing that. Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. First and foremost, salvation. Praise God. Imputed righteousness. But look very carefully at verse 2. By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. God saves everyone by the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. And once they're born again, he sets them right at the door of the throne of God and says, now I've set you before the door. You are my child. And now that same grace that I saved you with, you can go through the door to the throne of grace and you can live this Christian life for me for the rest of your life. We have access by faith into this grace where we keep coming back for grace, keep coming back for grace to live and walk as Jesus Christ walked. I've set you up. I've declared you righteous. And now I set you right before my throne and say, come in anytime you want. And come often for all the grace you need to walk in these paths. So we can be the light, amen. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, how was that? By grace through faith. So walk ye in him. By grace through faith. You came humbly to the throne. Came, come humbly to the throne for all the strength we ever need. To walk or do or bear. Whatever God brings and allows in our lives. And that's what he has for us. And folks that will be miraculous. And that will be noted by the world. And it will draw those that will yield to him to Christ it will harden uh, those that want nothing to do with God uh, from Christ (laughs) 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And God, uh, who can describe the, the change that you bring to the person who trusts Christ as their Savior? Father, it is a fathomless miracle. Life is immediately changed. We're given spiritual life. We're given a life, eternal life in our hearts the moment we trust you. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for this church. And I pray we know the Holy Spirit puts his finger upon our hearts and he shows us areas in where we're lacking where we're not the example that we should be. Where we haven't made that a certain path as, as clear as we should have. Maybe we've chosen some wrong ones along the way. Maybe we're on a wrong one and need to get off of it. You have paths of righteousness for us, God. And by your word and by your spirit and for the glory of Jesus Christ, your son. Help us to discern them and to be disciples, be, to be disciplined in them, walking in them, watching our hearts change so that we desire those things and then realizing it all, it'll only follow that we would give you glory and we would honor the name of Christ. Father, work in our hearts for these things we pray. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.